Let's yeah. get cracking. Oh, we're, we're journalists. journalists. Heat her off. Her heat her off. They got to hear the clarity oh, We're going to get so cold, though, by the end of this like, hour or whatever we're going to do. We'll be fine. We'll keep each other warm. We will not. We'll, we'll be. Our embrace. We will continue to sit apart. Our words. Mm. I'll like play footsie with you. Under Please. The These are all things I don't want. Come so. on. Mm. I'm wearing socks. My feet are warm. Still a no for me. But what if I'm like sorry. it was the most nicest feeling foot ever? Like it was so I've warm. Ne- and, it, and it was it had the magic touch that it kept you warm for there, the rest of your fucking there life. There is no foot that I would touch willingly at this table. Besides mine, mine are here. Just for if it was a magic foot. No, I don't do magic a magic no. foot. It's like the song from Spelling Bee, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I don't think I've heard that. You haven't. Well, there but you go. We, um, for our Patreon, oh. we'll do it one day. <laughs> I love that these are all so many threats. Like I'm being threatened to listen to these things. I mean, I hear Putnam is fun. Or whatever. It's adorable. I hear it's, it's good. It's a joy. The I love you song classic. Iconic. Okay. We're doing Carousel next. Have you listened? No, of course of not. Of course you not. Don't care. I do. I mean, I was busy listening and talking about J.C. Chazé. So if you haven't watched our video about how he is the moment and we need to get him justice, people are sharing it they on fucking Twitter. Yeah, because we're saying important things. And people get it. Like, J.C. was the singer of NSYNC and also all of the boy bands at that time. It, JC was the one. It was a really fun video to edit as well. <laughs> I need to actually haven't watched it yet. But wow. I mean, I it's lived like, it. It's like our longest one. It's like 25 <laughs> well, minutes. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I lived it, and I'm so glad that I shared those songs with you. It was tough to rewatch that one music video, I will say. Blowing I loved it. Love. It was a lot. Iconic. But man, come to me. That's a song. Your welcome world. Yes. For giving you... The justice of Jason. Yes. What great timing, too. On I Janet know, Jackson right? Appreciation And Day. right after that Britney documentary came out, I people were just know. hating fucking Justin Timberlake. Well, it's funny because we had to, like, dispute the copyright claim. And it was like, okay, this could take a couple of days for it to actually, like, pop up on YouTube. Right. And it did on Janet Jackson Appreciation Day on, like, after the whole Britney documentary came out. So yes. people were ready to stand a new member of NSYNC. <laughs> they were. They were. And this is a sucky time for him to be promoting a movie, huh? I thought it was a TV show. No, it's a movie. Oh, I thought it was a TV show. No, it's on Apple TV Plus, but it's a movie. Okay, well, anyway. Welcome back to the Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. We've gone through another week. We are deep into February now. No, Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Uh, how are you celebrating? I am celebrating by living with you and paying my rent. And <laughs> um, well, you should do. You should continue to pay your rent as long as you live here. So. You'll think of other ways. Okay. I'll ask you again next week. I, would, I, I like offered to touch you with my foot to keep you warm. That's true. But and I like, don't want that. I, we need to, that's that. something black people want. And that is that is something black <laughs> people named me do not want. Okay. Oh, I was listening to Janet all day. I, it's weird that like the Super Bowl has truly become obviously Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. But like this was the 30th anniversary of Whitney Houston performing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Oh, damn. And so I listened to a podcast all about that performance. I listened to more Whitney content as well. And it's just like, Wait, a whole uh, podcast episode yes, dedicated to that yes, performance? Yes. Okay. Like, yes, I want to hear every <laughs> word. And it just was like, I mean, it was it was glorious. It was incredible. I was glad I listened to it. But even parts of it, I was like, well, I don't think that's exactly right. And we're not giving the context for I'm Your Baby Tonight, which was the album she put out after she was at the Soul Train Awards. And she was nominated or won an award and got booed. And that was uh, because they called her, they thought she was being too white and was marketed to white people and not to the Soul Train Awards audience. I remember hearing that story. And yes. then she put out I'm Your Baby Tonight with Babyface and L.A. Reid doing a lot of the production and writing work. And so... Honestly, before like in this period before the bodyguard, when she did this national anthem, this was not like the height of Whitney Houston, really, like commercially. Mm. Like she was coming off an album that didn't do as well, but she performed. Oh God, that performance! I mean, that's I think that's why I don't like any national anthems because I have watched the Whitney one so many times. I'm like, but this is how it goes. Like this is just how the song goes. Yeah, I hear that. <sighs> what a classic. But oh, Matt Steele. Yeah. How was your week? It was great. Yeah. I got a little handy. I put up some shelves they look in good. my room. They look good. And I put some shit on the shelves. I love it. And my room's just like the shit now. I like, love that. I like feel it. like when people come over here again, you know, but when we get vaccinated by June, we're going to say, I've decided I'm putting that out into the universe. Okay. Um, They're going to love our place. Oh yeah. They're going to be like, wow, look at this 
plant. Yes. Look at this shelf. Yes. And I'll be like, yes, I drilled the holes myself. I had to borrow like um, a drill gun from like my friend. Yeah. And so that was very hard. That was a struggle because I was like, I'm scared. I'm going to do it wrong. Because like when you put a hole in the wall, it's like, who cares? You care too much about holes in the wall. I'm like, horrified of putting why? holes in what, the What has ever happened? Because you? you can't ever really fully fix it. Like we so? don't, we, and especially because we don't own these walls. Of you know? course. It's very like, nerve wracking. You leave, they either give you your full security deposit back or they don't and you leave. Like end of story. But like if you put it in the wrong spot, like a spot that can't really like be covered by something else, you're just yeah. like, ah, like I'm scared that I'll be looking at this hole forever. But luckily the handyman that I am did mm. it all correctly. Mm. Everything is staying up for now. Nothing, Great. Nothing feels shaky. No. I put all my Carol Channing shit all over it. I love it. And it looks beautiful. I, well, you're living the dream. Congratulations. Happy 2021. Thank and you. And you know what? Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> yes. I did it for Black History Month. Good. I, you know it, and I liked it. So. Yeah, you and I hung all my Carol Channing stuff there, who is a quarter black. All so, right. So, yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do this week? What did I do this week? It felt like a pretty normal week, you know, worked, worked, worked. Um, I watched uh, that Britney documentary, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, and so I did that. I've, I've also been, like, focusing, because I didn't have as much um, music stuff to do this weekend. I'm finalizing final mixes, which usually just takes me listening to the latest version, sending my notes back, and waiting to get something back. So I had more free time this weekend than I had had in a few weekends. And he's like, you know what? I need to be better at Mario Kart on Switch than I am because I'm so good at Mario Kart on N64 and I'm like pretty good at Mario Kart on Switch but like I need to put in the time and effort to become like excellent at this what game. What is the difference? There are different game systems like Nintendo 64, Nintendo 64 came out in 1990. Eight mm-hmm. or something. So that game system I grew up with, I've played. The, the control is completely different. The levels you play are completely different. Like it's the same concept of you're racing with okay. other Mario characters. So it's the same game. It's just like a different. Like Not, it feels different. This is Mario Kart 8 versus that was Mario Kart 6, just the Nintendo 64 version. So it's not the same game. Okay. It's the same concept of like, it's Mario Kart. It's like, yeah, it's Mario Kart. You're racing against other Nintendo players. You can pick your person and you want to be first and you want to knock people out with the special shells you get in things. But it's a complete, you know, it's an upgrade. It's like like how TS8, also known as Folklore, feels very different from TS1, also uh, known as Taylor Swift. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we'll go with yes because I don't think there's any other way to understand it. But yes, I, I want to get better at Mario Kart and Switch, and it's happening not as quickly as I would like. But I I'm guess sorry. I have had a lifetime with 64 to get better at it. But you know, so I've been I've been doing that. I've enjoyed and that. You know what, you know girl, what? you've got nothing but time. Exactly, because you know what, I don't have a fucking vaccine yet. <laughs> but hopefully soon. I watched the Super Bowl today because I am a good Wait, boyfriend. The, oh, you watched the whole thing? How was it? It was fun. I mean, I don't think uh, Jackson was thrilled with the game itself it was like pretty lopsided the whole time the buccaneers were ahead the whole time um you know and i was thinking about it i think the last time i sat through the entire super bowl was in 2001 i feel like i went to a friend's house and we watched and all i remember was the britney performance which i guess included nelly and aerosmith and and sank and all that but britney period uh i remember that halftime performance but i don't think i could have left you know, before the end of the game or gotten there after the beginning of the game. No, you were trapped there. I was trapped there. So yeah. that was They the held you down and forced your eyes so open. So for a 20-year anniversary of that moment, I watched it again. You watched it again. That's I watched a, it again. I, um, I was at work today and the boys who were like, you know, watching it in the office, like yeah. on the computer and everything. And like we would like go in, out, in and out and like watch like little right. bits of it and everything. Um, and I saw, you know, a bits of the end after Tampa Bay had won mm-hmm. and it cut to like... Like I think it was like Tom Brady's family and like all these people in the stands and like none of them were wearing masks I and I'm know. like really people you are all so close it's to each other to what are you that. doing yeah you really have to it's like watching the housewives that you know that are filming during COVID and like sometimes they're wearing the face shields but not really and that doesn't really do anything anyways and then sometimes they're not you just have to like suspend disbelief and be like okay I'm gonna pretend mentally that this is happening at a different time because what you're doing is wrong. But if I'm going to enjoy this at all, I can't think about it. Yeah. And you would see like the football players like hug each other and they would wear their mask and then they would pull the mask down to hug each other. And it's like, I think you're doing it wrong. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be the opposite. opposite. If not, the mask staying on the whole time. If not. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But it's cool. Um, It's the first Super Bowl where two uh, female coaches were uh, like one 
female coaches. Yeah, like football coaches. The football coaches of those teams are not female. Maybe well, they, like like uh, coaches, not like the head coaches, but like oh, there were coaches on each of the teams that were female. On I think just the Buccaneers. Oh, or maybe on the other team too, but the other team lost. Right. So, <laughs> so, but they were all still at the Super Bowl. But, but I know that's nice because I remember the, uh, San Francisco 49ers last year. The woman who was like one of the assistant coaches or whatever, uh, she was the first uh, woman coach to play in a Super Bowl. Well, not play, mm. but like, you know, coach in yeah. a Super Bowl. Uh, but they lost. Are there any but women these, head coaches, do we think? I don't in the think NFL? So. There should be. So. There, and one of the, um, I don't know if it's referee or umpire, but one of them was a lady as well. It's not an umpire. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. What's the difference? An umpire is baseball. All right. And referee is football? And I think a referee is like literally any other sport. Oh, well, great. <laughs> well, perfect. We'll go with that. But okay. she was there and she was a lady. Hot. She had a great ponytail. I'm sure she yelled. Yes. She was like, strike. <laughs> nope. <laughs> also baseball. <Okay. laughs> um, but her did a great job. She sang um, America the Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Jasmine Sullivan did a lovely job, but I didn't realize until the day of that she was duetting the national anthem with a country singer named Eric Church, I believe. And... You know, I'm was, sure that was nice. It was nice, but it just wasn't what I wanted. But she sounded great. Obviously, she always does. And we love nothing more than Jasmine Sullivan. So congratulations. Still a lot of eyes on her. That's wonderful. But maybe next time give her a solo gig. Okay. Solo gig. That's my feedback. Solo gig. She'll do the halftime show next year. Yes. And I a lot of the weekend's halftime show were, was muted because I a friend called and was giving us a lowdown on how her like walking masked date went today. And so I had to talk about oh, that. Oh, I remember that talking beat, about it. That beat the weekend in interest for me. Yes, of course. You got to find out about the <laughs> yes. friend's first date. Exactly. But, yes. um, you know, he looked nice. He had a little red jacket on and everybody was wearing their like plastic surgery gauze or whatever because that's like a theme he's doing this era. Yeah. So great. Cool. Cool. All right. So we jump into News for Idiots. Okay. All right. So the Golden Globes. Guys, it's my favorite time of the year <laughs> and I've waited so long for Just it. Just for award season. Just for generally. award season All to right. happen. Usually we get the Golden Globes nominations in December. Mm-hmm. It's two months later and yes. we're just getting them now. But the ceremony is the end of this month, correct? It's February 28th. Okay. Yes. And I read today that it's being taped in two locations. I think Amy Poehler is going to be out here and Tina Fey is going to be in New York. <gasps> oh, I love that we're doing it old, like the old school Oscars, how they would like shoot, like it would be filmed in two different locations. Really? And I didn't some know Some people happened. would be at the New York location. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. I, I don't know about like the presenters and the, you know, winners of the audience, if they're going to be in their separate little halls like yeah. they were for the Emmys, I guess. Or uh, the Emmys, I think they were all at home. Oh, OK. I think uh, there was some other award ceremony where there were like people there separately. I forget. Was right. It the American Music Awards? Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. I feel like they, they, they had separate places, I think, at the Emmys because Shit's Creek were all in one place and then they just kept going up and up and up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They, they were in their own like. Like little place like as yes. a, an ensemble yes um yes yeah so i don't know exactly if they're going to do that or if they're actually going to be in the halls with yeah. tina and or amy it's a little bit of a bummer because like the excitement of the golden globes is to just like watch celebrities just get drunker and drunker throughout I mean, the night i hope they still do that even if they have to do it at home <laughs> you okay. know just give the people what they want yeah you know and it's safer because i mean i guess you they would have a driver but you're just going to be going from there drunk to your bed so you know Let's see. You just stumble in bed and you know? being a Golden Globe winner or a loser. So people were upset about the nominations. And you know what? I obviously haven't watched a lot of the films, but as a TV person, it was upsetting to see, you know, um, I May Destroy You be left out completely and Insecure be left out completely and certain shows that, you know, maybe some people would not say were up to par be nominated instead. Mm-hmm. But you say your feeling is that the Golden Globes nominations are always kind of a mess. And so that, you're not like, really. I don't like I, we go through the same thing every <laughs> fucking year for the past like 20 years. The Golden Globes are going to Golden Globe. Like, <laughs> ev- like every year, the Golden Globe nominations come out and people are just like, this is an outrage and right. like the Golden Globes have like very specific taste and I my friend Lewis said on Twitter something really funny he's like the Golden Globes are like the nominations are always like what you are when you're drunk and trying to pretend <laughs> like you're not be like you're talking and you're talking and it's making a general amount of sense but then you're just like wait a minute did you just say James Corden in the prom like Ooh. so it's just, so it's, it, it's kind of like they always make some sort of semblance of sense until yeah. like there's like a and there's like a weird like wonky moment right um but i mean the golden globes it's a group of 90 people mm. it, so it's a very small select group of people right. it's, it's not like the sample size is super huge so the taste isn't going to be very like super diverse so like ev- they like what they like they they love a 
they they love a a, a, a an old drama mm. or they love a brand new comedy. As far as TV nominations right. go, they they I always find that they always sort of stick to those. So do things. you generally like just kind of not to be rude, not take these nominations seriously every year? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I, that sounds like the way to do it. As years you know? have gone on, awards pundits have definitely put less stock in the Golden okay. Globes. I would say late '90s, early 2000s, it was very much like the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes are so important, right. and, and of course, like they are important because they are the first broadcast award ceremony of award season. So yeah. it's very exciting, and winning a Golden Globe can help you get a lot of buzz for the Oscars. And so, but like as years have gone on, awards pundits have definitely started realizing, oh, the Golden Globes, it's a very small select group of people and they have very specific tastes. Mm. So if there are wonky moments here and there or everywhere, yeah. which there usually are, <laughs> like it's it's not, we, we're not going to put too much stock in it. All right. Do you feel better about the SAG Award nominations? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the SAG Awards generally tend to be a little less predictable, mm. um, a little more interesting. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited about the SAG. Well, one thing I will say about the Golden Globe nominations is that is great. There are three women director nominees. I did think that was they cool. They outnumber the men, and yes. two of those uh, women nominees are women of color. I love that. Like, it's incredible. So, so you know, with every upsetting moment mm-hmm. in a nomination announcement, there is a really cool moment. So, right. you know, one step forward, two steps, or two steps forward, one step back, whatever it is. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the nominations for the SAG Awards now, and I'm seeing that Michaela Cole was nominated. Do you know if the... if I May Destroy You as a Whole was nominated for um, Best on... Is there a Best Ensemble in a limited series? Is that a... Oh, God. Because I'm seeing Um, outstanding performances in limited series, but I'm not seeing a... Oh, is it a limited series? I didn't... Yeah, I I thought it was like a regular I was thinking it was too, but it's... Her nomination uh, is an outstanding performance by a female actor in a television movie or limited series. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I don't... I don't think they're. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I am excited about the SAG Awards. I'm glad that uh, Minari got. I haven't seen Minari yet, but I'm very, very excited to see uh, that it got in at the yeah. SAG Awards. The most exciting thing okay. about these two nomination announcements, yes. though, is it's just like, holy shit. Is Glenn Close back in the fucking conversation <laughs> oh, to win? The Oscar, maybe. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if my heart can handle it. Uh, right. I, I worry. I worry. I worry you'd get excited and be let down. But I hope it goes the way you want. Who's mm-hmm. right now, in your mind, um, the most likely to win? I, I mean, the, the thing is, there's no clear front runner in this mm, category. Okay. Like some people would say, oh, Amanda, um, uh, Seyfried, 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 mm, um, from, uh, for mm. Mank, mm. but then she didn't get in for SAG. Mm. Ellen Burstyn didn't get in for either, which is very shocking. Mm. You know, so so the, the two that got in both are Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, Helen uh, Zengel from News of the World. Oh, okay. Um, which, which, you know, is a little bit of a surprise. Mm. Because it's it, she wasn't like a name that was being tossed around as much as someone like an Ellen Burstyn. So, right. so I I'm very excited. All right, because I mean, after those reviews for Hillbilly Elegy came out, because when the trailer came out, everyone was just like, "It's Glenn Shear, she's right. gonna do it, she's the front runner." And then the reviews came out, and people were like, "Ooh, maybe not." Didn't but she just say recently, just like, like, "It'd be kind of cool if I never won one." I know, but is that <laughs> but is that reverse psychology, Glenn? You've thought this through, I Absolutely. see. Absolutely. <laughs> I love when Glenn said that. I was like, Glenn, don't joke. Don't, <laughs> don't joke. It's not this is right serious. Here for the that. gays are taking this seriously, and we are but, but trying the thing to is, help you win. Would you want her to win for a role that was a, like kind of like a movie that wasn't that great? Like, I feel like some people win eventually, and then it's like, oh, well, they won for that. This is just a career award. It's not really for their performance in this film. But would that bother you? But the thing is, it's fucking not. She's excellent in the movie like she's truly excellent in the movie and people have won Oscars for perform for deserving performances mm. deserved Oscar wins in far worse <laughs> movies than okay. Hillbilly Elegy like there are some movies that are just like outright like terrible that mm. people have won Oscars for like deserved Oscars and there are performances that are okay wins but the movie's really great, right you know so the thing is like if she is I haven't seen all the contenders for best supporting actress yeah. yet but like I could see her being the best. Like, she is fantastic in the movie. Like, truly excellent. It's a transformative performance. She is not only overdue, but she is the most overdue person 
ever. <laughs> and so I could totally see her pulling this out. It's it's a totally different performance than what she does. She usually plays roles that are a little more upper middle class or upper class, mm-hmm. like glamorous. And this is like totally opposite of that. And she nails it completely. She has probably like the most cathartic uh, performance. Mm. Of like the potential nominees, so like I could see this some of uh, being a performance that really resonates with the Academy, and okay. everyone loves Glenn. Everyone knows that she's overdue, so I could see this happening. Uh, I will, her. I will keep my eyes peeled. I hope that for you because you seem to really want it. Yeah, I'm done. And, and I'm like, there are some like awards people who are just like they should not win if the movie is bad, but it's right. just like no, if the performance is great, the performance is great. Mm-hmm. Like if the makeup is excellent in a bad movie, the makeup should department should still get recognition, right. you know. Right. So so it's it's an acting Oscar. Okay. So I am I if if she is back in I'm all in. Okay. All right. Well, best of luck to you both. Um and speaking of great film performances and great films themselves Brandy and Whitney Houston's oh, Cinderella. What news is coming to Disney Plus this Friday? Is Friday the twelfth of February? Mm, sure, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> and yes, finally, it's just crazy that this was not a launch title for Disney Plus. Is there anything that people our age who are the age to buy Disney Plus want to see more than this fucking formative? Musicale. Oh, and we have been hounding them. The millennials have oh been my God. hounding forever. Disney forever. I mean, maybe Disney Plus was very much like, let's roll stuff people want yes. out gradually so it's not like all uh, all at once when we launched. Right. And But this was just like, yes. I'm yes. so excited. And I also am excited because the announcement of this uh, release has gotten that little video of Brandy and Whitney rehearsing Impossible in which uh. Brandy's like, impossible. And she's like, why are you down there? Which is just- Impossible. <laughs> Please do. That, that I have the editing memorized. It's perfect. It is. It, there's nothing that brings me more joy. And in, in an episode where I'm again talking about Whitney Houston, like, fuck, yeah, what a woman. I remember watching that as a kid, like watching the the making of that, like mm-hmm. the little special where they had that. The, yes. the why are you down there? <laughs> that moment. Um, I remember watching it's that classic. as a kid and just being like, yes, why is she down there? It really was the question. It's like she was matching the pianist who was just kind of singing it and she yeah. was matching And his- she was like just trying to be yeah. funny. Like, goofing and, around. And like maybe yeah. she was saving her voice or something, but Whitney had a great question and it was, why are you down there? Why are you down why there? Why are you down there? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see this. I know and- now release the soundtrack. I know. I was literally read through the fucking press release to be like, is it being released to streaming? I need, I need Whitney that. singing those songs in my ears honestly, now. Honestly. Yeah. So I don't know who we need to talk to. If there's someone at Disney Plus listening, please, the gays need it. Okay. Um, and more happy news. Well, mostly happy news, but news that I'd like to discuss. Okay. About good things happening on, uh, I assume now Friday, uh, February 12th. Dua Lipa is releasing uh, the Moonlight edition of Future Nostalgia. Yeah, what does that mean? What is this? She's re-releasing it with bonus tracks. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it means. The bonus tracks include uh, her new single, which is entitled We're Good. Uh, It features Prisoner, the Miley Cyrus song, That Kind of Woman, which I believe is a cover, but don't quote me on that. A song called Not My Problem, Levitating with the Baby, which we've heard, and then um, a collaboration with J Balvin and Bad Bunny, Undia, One Day, which is also already out. But it also features a song that leaked onto the internet before this album came out, the initial version. It's entitled If It Ain't Me. And that song that I fucking adore is in its leaked version a duet with Normani. Mm-hmm. And you look at the track listing that she posted and you see that the queen Normani, the dancing motivation queen who we've not heard from in too long of a time, and I don't think she's put anything out since COVID started, is not featured. I want to know why. Unless why are you down there? Why are you down <laughs> unless they're saving her feature to be like, oh, a special duet remix with Normani? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is unacceptable. I mean, le- was there something legally that happened? Like, uh, where- what could have? I like m- maybe she's gonna put out something else and doesn't want to be mixed up with Dua Lipa's promotion. But it's also like this song is excellent. Dua Lipa is the moment if you want something to start like the relaunch of your era. Because bitch, you need it. No offense, Normani, we love her, but like motivation was a million years ago, and if that was the single off her album, no one knows it anymore. So if you have a new first single coming out, put out the collaboration with Dua Lipa. Have people love that for several months and then put your actual new single out when your album is ready what's happening what's what's happening we deserve we need the behind the music 
we story. Des- we deserve a collaboration with Dua Lipa and Normani. We need. We deserve a video. And like Normani can collaborate with people who don't dance much. She collaborated with Sam Smith. Their collaboration was great. She looked beautiful and amazing in the video. Give Normani. A collaboration with Dua Lipa, please. A gr- and a song that we already know is great. That song is great. I mean, I'm, I was heated about this. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you gotta be passionate I, about your passion. If you haven't, just YouTube, uh, Normani Dua Lipa. It should be under If It Ain't Me. If it's under that, it'll be under Sad Disco, which is kind of like another pe- thing people thought might be the title, but it was not. Um, so I'm excited for the Moonlight Edition. I'm excited for We're Good. I'm excited for the bonus tracks, but like, and it comes out when? I'm sorry. Friday. Friday. Okay, well. so this is like peak Grammy voting time, I guess, because I, I imagine voting is not done for the Grammys. I don't, I don't know. about. I, I don't know what the dates are as far as the cutoffs now for the Grammys because they pushed it back and I, I don't know. So it's, okay, it's like the Tonys. It's just the ever rolling nominations. Exactly. I assume if I assume they're going to be submitting the original version of. The future well, well, yeah, but like if she has this thing to also promote while the oh, happening, she will be out. That, in yes, the that's Easter, true, and people will be thinking that's of true. Her. That yeah. is true. So it's a smart time to release music. And you know, I you know, I feel like this is always the subtext of all of our episodes, but I think this week we have to have a special segment of news for idiots entitled "Classically, Men Are Trash," <laughs> <laughs> because every week there's more shit that you're like, oh, right. Every man in the world is garbage. And like, let's discuss who's the celebrity male garbage of the week. And we'll start with um, a racist and very talented, like not talented, excuse me, very popular country music artist who I had not listened to. His name is Morgan Wallen. And he was the guy who was going to be on SNL until a video of him surfaced. Uh, disobeying all of the COVID protocols and being around people with no masks. And so uh. they he didn't go on SNL that week, but then they invited him back a few weeks later. And it was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And this guy's not taking this seriously, but like whatever. And then uh, he was found on camera in Nashville arguing a neighbor and using the N-word last week. And immediately, which I honestly thought was impressive because I saw that and like maybe I am just jaded and know how country music works and know how racism works in this country and was like, well, nothing's going to happen to him. But (laughs) stuff did happen to him. Mm -hmm. I think he has been temporarily, I don't know, temporarily or permanently suspended from his record label, um, both Cumulus Media and iHeartRadio, the biggest like radio conglomerates in the country are blacklisting him not playing his music he's getting pulled from cmt even um and yes big loud republic records has suspended his recording contract but of course at the same time the people who feel like this is cancel culture which by the way just so we're all clear if you're a human person and you say the words cancel culture to me it just tells me that you're a fucking idiot like cancel culture is not real no one's ever been canceled you have there are consequences to people's actions and sometimes people lose job for doing things that are racist like that's not cancel culture that just means oh you did something bad and there's a consequence to it but anyways um since there are people out there who feel like morgan wallen this poor artist is being canceled just for one mistake he made which Hello. He says this word a lot. Um, I have He's like, until tonight when The Weeknd performed, had like five out of the top ten songs in US iTunes. Yeah, I saw he that. He was like the most purchased artist because yeah. people want to support him. But the thing is, I, I don't understand that because it's not even, because a lot of people when they talk about cancel culture, they, they talk about, you know, just sort of the culture of like trying to like get someone for like something but it's like oh no this isn't just like oh we're trying to like get him for like maybe something it's like oh no he actively (laughs) did something that is objectively wrong and bad caught on video caught on video like everyone should be able to agree shouldn't he have an opportunity to learn and grow and become it's like this person's a fucking adult i am not around no one has time to babysit this 30 year old man and teach him about institutional racism like good luck finding a book about it not even institutional racism just like like not even that like just like the, the most basic form of like respect i know and he, he missed it, it, that. Like that is like the lowest bar is I know. to do not it's say like, the don't N say the N word. It's like one oh one. That shit. is the lowest and bar. And that's why it's like there's no argument to support this man. And the thing yeah, is, no. if you are so excited about like whining about cancel culture and like really wanting good things from Morgan Wallen, it's like sounds like you're a racist. <laughs> like that's truly what else are you fighting for? Yeah, you know? I, I don't understand the like. Oh, we've got to support him. It's like it's like no, he objectively did something terrible. That's 
you you should not argue in his favor whatsoever. So there's there's he's getting his comeuppance. Exactly. Like I don't I I don't understand what the the problem is. Like people are just reacting to a horrible thing that he did. Right. Uh, and speaking of men who are terrible, um, Evan Rachel Wood this week. Oh no. And confirmed because I guess for a while she has been actively and publicly talking about abuse that she endured in the past relationship but never named her abuser and um she came out this week and has alleged that marilyn manson has horror when they were in a relationship horrific horrifically abused her for years when they were in a relationship which she has alluded to when speaking about being a survivor of domestic violence over the years um and she had a whole Instagram post on early Monday morning saying the name of my abuser is Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. He started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I am done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. I am here to expose this dangerous man and call out the many industries that have enabled him before he ruins any more lives. I stand with many victims who will no longer stay silent. The Vanity Fair story has uh, excerpted statements from three other women accusing Manson of abuse in a show of solidarity. Um, a fourth uh, reportedly deleted her post. But since then, uh, Marilyn Manson's record label, uh, I believe, has dropped him. I don't know if he... Yes, he's been dropped like his record label and he was on an upcoming episode of uh, a show called Creep Show, which I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, he that episode has been pulled and will not air. So I think it's nice that things actually have consequences these days. But like the fact that this was out in the open and there's so many people around these abusers, you know, like mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson has people around him all the time. He's been famous since we were kids. Yes. Like he has publicists and managers who are all over him all the time. So of course they knew this was happening. Phoebe Bridgers came out and says that uh, she grew up and was a fan of his music and uh, trigger warning. I went to Marilyn Manson's house when I was a teenager with some friends. I was a big fan. He referred to a room in his house as the rape room. I thought it was just his horrible frat boy sense of humor. I stopped being a fan. Ooh. I stand with everyone who came forward. The label knew. The management knew. The band knew. Distancing themselves now, pretending to be shocked and horrified is fucking pathetic. I didn't know that Phoebe Bridger story. Yes. Like, girl. And this is like, it's just, this person, just because he has power, gets so protected and for so long. I saw that Marilyn Manson's ex-wife, Dita Von Teese, uh, made a statement. Yeah. Essentially saying, while this was not my experience yes. with my ex-husband, um, I left him for other reasons that include uh, substance abuse and, and uh, infidelity. infidelity and yeah. everything, uh, but I stand with everybody. Yeah, what and, and, and all the uh, so the fact that she was also like, even though this wasn't my experience, but this is not out of the realm of possibility. Exactly, especially because she says there was substance abuse. Like right. who knows? Like if it started with that and then it led to other, you right. know, bigger things. Right. Um, but the fact that even she's just like, and yes, I, I think that's all you can really do. Like, I feel like um, Elizabeth Chambers, who is the uh, ex-wife of Army Hammer, has kind of said similar things. It's like, yeah. this was not my experience with him, but like, I stand with those who feel victimized and went through this. And because I feel like there's no, that's the only thing to say in that situation is like, there's no way that you can say, oh, he's, that's not the man I know, which I feel like was a trend when like Me Too first started happening. It's like people jumping up out of their seats and being like, he wouldn't, he was never like that with me. And it's like, that's doesn't mean anything yeah like you can't negate someone else's situation yeah lastly in the men are trash category is of course army hammer and there's only a little update in that he has now been dropped by uh wme he's been dropped by his agent um and i just am wondering and he's been i think he dropped out of a couple more movies they're not making that Call Me By Your Name sequel now, are they? I mean, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. No. I, I think it's so interesting because it's like, he is just being dropped left and right. I know. So it's like, what is What's he going to do? Out there. I know. I feel like that means something else is coming. Yeah, like there's I some don't... hard evidence coming or something. But of what? Because I, I mean, the the original evidence, like the whole story is just so bizarre. Yes. So it's kind of just like, oh God, what else is there? I know. <laughs> I, know. I guess we'll hold on to our butts. But that's the last man who's trash this week that's good that's good only three <laughs> i'm sure there's more out oh, there in the world, but like, we don't know them. no we don't know them no. so these are the only three that uh we're acknowledging this week but if you're trash out there be better come on yeah that's what i want for black history month learn from the mistakes of some of these people exactly and, exactly you know, improve but in good uh news for for uh men okay john m chu 
is directing the Wicked movie. I love that. I love that too. I think that's such a fun choice. I'm glad like we have a director solidified. Yes. It's happening. Let's fucking go. Let's get some casting. Let's get some casting because I'm tired of all these theories. I oh, know. it should be this person. It should be this person. It's like, spoiler alert, it's going to be none of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dove Cameron. I mean, Dove Cameron's like the most obvious choice yeah. for like Glinda and everything. But I mean, I mean, there are some people who are just like, oh, it should be like this person, this person. It's, yeah. like, it's really not going to be that person, guys. All right. The last few stories are pretty sad. So I'm going to like go through them kind of quickly. Did you read that Tony Bennett article in the oh my God. ARP about yes. how he has Alzheimer's? He apparently was diagnosed in 2016 and has been recording a second duet album with Lady Gaga. And it has progressed to the point where they like he can't promote it. Like they will sit down. They I think that someone at ARP kind of sat down and tried to engage them. It's like, oh, what was it like singing with Lady Gaga? And he just like looked blankly ahead. Like it's just if you read that article, you're, there's if there's no way your heart will bring it to a million pieces. Yeah. Like it's because you hear it from his his son, you hear from Lady Gaga, and then just seeing how he's engaging with the world. It seems like he's in good health. Otherwise, he sounds good on the recording, but like he's just not there anymore. And it's yeah. just like, oh, I did you see that video of him and Lady Gaga on the red carpet? No, like probably like a, I, don't, I don't know how long ago, but it was it was a red carpet that was obviously pre COVID, right? But, a red carpet, you know, relatively recently. Yeah. Um, I guess after I guess after the Alzheimer's um diagnosis, right. because he's on a red carpet and Lady Gaga like approaches and he's being interviewed, and mm. you can tell that he's kind of not answering the questions like clearly, like you can right. tell he doesn't really understand. Yeah. And Lady Gaga sort of just like swoops in to say hi. Mm. And she's and like the way she's talking to him, it's kind of just like you can tell that she knows mm-hmm. that, you know, I guess that he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and everything and she is sort of like answering the questions for him and like helping him answer them like for the reporters and everything and you just watch it and like you're just like oh and you're also kind of you watch and you're just like Lady Gaga has a a heart the size of LA like like she you know she's Lady Gaga she's Kookadook and everything (laughs) but you can tell she like genuinely cares and is a good like lovely human being who supports her friends and everything. So, so it's, it's a very heartbreaking, but also like heartwarming video. It is heartwarming. And I thought her point of view on the matter was like pretty enlightened. And because I think uh, his Tony Bennett's manager is his eldest son, Danny Bennett. And uh, he spoke with Lady Gaga about announcing new album as part of the double a double ARP article and said, I just wanted to check with her and make sure she was cool because she watches back all the time. She was like, absolutely. It's just another gift that he can give the world. It's like I feel like Alzheimer's or kind of end of life um, issues like that don't get talked about and they're just kind of like a sad thing that's an undercurrent in family situations. But I feel like being able to verbalize it and like having people that are, you know, still wildly successful and going through it publicly will maybe give people a touch point or a relatability if it happens to someone they know they understand it a little bit and it's just le- it's less of like a, a family I feel like it's kind of like secretive sometimes in situations so well I also feel like it's especially secretive when the person's famous yes, too. like you sure. know you hear of your friend whose grandmother or someone whose aunt or something yeah. like that and everything but I feel like when it comes to famous people you know you sometimes you don't think of them as just regular human beings right. who are like susceptible to everything that me you know living in a little apartment right <laughs> With a beautifully decorated, yes. but you know, we're all like on this earth together, susceptible to everything yeah. and going through the same exact stuff. True. And so, so to sort of see that like physically happen, I feel like, especially with elderly um, celebrities, yeah. they kind of just like disappear. You exactly. don't really see them as much. Yeah. Like when Carol Channing, you know, didn't make a television appearance for like a year, I was kind of like, okay, yeah. I imagine she will not be making any more television right. appearances, you know, right. everything. but you know, to actually physically see Tony Bennett look like Tony Bennett and I know. Like look, you know, amazing and yeah. sharp and everything, yeah. but then just see him like struggle with these questions and everything. And you realize like what's happening. Right. You're just like, Oh, right. like, it's very hard to watch. Yeah, but, for sure. But it was a lovely moment on the red card between them. I need to find that video. Um, yeah. Send it to me if you still have it. Oh, you're just like, oh, Lady Gaga, I love you. I mean, like, it's a sweet lady. It's, it's a moment to love Lady Gaga. She's a you're sweet just lady. like, I want to be her friend because she will hold my hand through all my problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I, uh, so I apologize if this episode is a downer, but just like, I have to tell you what happened this week. But yeah. 
Rest in peace, Christopher Plummer. Oh my God. Passed away at 91. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of these Hollywood legends, I hadn't seen many of their films. And I have seen a couple of Christopher Plummer films. I love that film Beginners. Remember that? You did like I Beginners. I loved Beginners. His that was him. Role. It was a great, great movie. I mean, it's it was, a great performance. Yes. He's phenomenal. I mean, I, of course, he is captain von trapp to me i he is he is captain von trapp so i i was very devastated and also the day after um a london actress named jean bayless who Mm. was the original maria von trapp in uh the london production of the sound of music she died literally the day after christopher Plummer. so rebecca luker's maria from the revival Mm. christopher Plummer, and now like it, it this is a rough year for the Sound of Music fans out there. So, but you know, he he lived to a ripe old age. Yes. He was like working up until the end. Oh, I mean, for sure. even just like three years ago, not only did he have has such a huge role in that movie, All the Money in the World, but yeah. he swooped in and saved yes. that movie single handedly yes. because that was the movie Kevin Spacey oh, yeah. was I supposed that, to be. I saw that in. movie as well. And they filmed that entire movie with Kevin Spacey, and then the whole Kevin Spacey scandal happened. And they did Literally, the like a Couple months. I, I think it was like three months before the movie came out, and they were like, "We have to reshoot everything with Kevin Spacey's character." Yes. And they were like, "We're getting Christopher Plummer to do it." It's totally different from Kevin right. Spacey, but he came in and just like did it, and then got nominated for an Oscar <laughs> for it. Like it's like it's kick ass. And he uh, the entire time he kept his. He was always so funny and yeah. like self deprecating. Like he was he was always great. Yeah. So. Oh. And another Hal Halbrook died this year. He's a Tony Award winner. Mm. Um. For playing Mark Twain, he so he another Oscar nominee. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's rough out there. It is rough out there. Yeah. And one more, just sad one, Dustin Diamond. Oh my uh, God, I forgot about Dustin Diamond. Died of cancer. Died at forty four from cancer. And it's we. It's like I don't. I never watched. I don't know all of the details about his relationship with the rest of the cast members in Saved by the Bell. But I'm pretty sure they were all estranged. I I don't know if I feel like maybe he had tried to sell stories about them to like make a quick buck after the show was over. But all of them came out and had really sweet statements to say mm-hmm. about him after his passing, which I thought was very classy. It just is so sad that he was so young and they never got to you know come back around to each other because they were doing this reboot mm-hmm. all of the other cast members in the original were at least a little bit a part of it if they had renewed the the reboot i assume they would have had screech back at some point because yeah. there's no way to completely ignore i it's mean just- screech is the face of the show. Oh, for like, sure. Like, of course, we stand Lisa Turtle in this household. Of course. Obviously, I mean. Jesse Spano with the pills is the most iconic moment. Obviously, Mario. Lo- and she's like, great in the new one, actually. Oh, really? She's really of good. Of course she she's is. Because so she's an icon. But, like, of course, like Slater, we all had crushes on Zach Morris, we all had crushes yeah, on yeah. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Oh, my God, she's so popular. Like, but, like, if you think of Saved by the Bell, you think of Screech. Right. Like, that is. Saved by the bell, right? Just like all these like cool teenagers and Screech just like running around being a mess, <laughs> right? Being insane. so so, and it's very sad because he was diagnosed like a week. Before I know. He died. I, was he actually diagnosed then, or was it just pub be made public? I don't know. I think it was actually. It made diagnosed. it seem like when he was diagnosed because he, I I don't think it was announced that he had cancer until he died. I think no, I, no, I had heard he had. Was oh, sick really? Cancer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I, know. I don't know when that was. I don't know the timetable, but I do. I did know that before. Because I, the articles I've read said that it was like so sudden after the diagnosis that like he didn't even like have time to like suffer. Mm, well, so, that's good. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm sorry for the depressing stretch here, but it's truly what happened last week. And uh, I hope that everyone's made it through the week. Okay. It has been tough stuff. If you're a pop culture or musical theater person and we're here for you, we love you. And just watch our JC Chazé video. If you need to pick me up, we are here to hold your hands like Lady Gaga. Exactly. Uh, So let's take a quick break. and We'll be back with more two gay mats podcast. Okay. We're going back guys. Yes. We're back. We're back. Yes. We are on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two gaymats at gmail.com to spelled T W O. Yes. So the first question I'm only going to answer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, so Matt Palmer, leave. Get out I'll of the room. Sit back. <laughs> um, because this is a question from Rebecca. And I just, uh, this was actually emailed to us a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I found this question so endearing. And so heartfelt that I was just like, I need to do this for Rebecca. Um, So Rebecca says, is this song everything? Hello, Mats. It is late at night when I write this to you, but 
uh, about this, and I question the urgency of my email as I type this. However, I need to know your opinion on the song that I forgot existed until now. The year is 2000. And after... <laughs> this all, dramatic. I and, love it. Oh, Rebecca's iconic, like a great writer. <laughs> the year is 2000. And after the, albeit mediocre, release of her first album in 1998, British pop artist Billy Piper went at it again and in the process came out with the song Day and Night Stargate Remix. And for whatever reason, <laughs> I need you guys to answer the question. Is this song truly everything? I can't, <laughs> I can't quite tell if I love it because it's genuinely a great song or because it has a catchy melody and I have question and I have a questionable and I like questionable earworms. If it's great, give me my due good taste validation. If not, Feel free to go on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to it. Have you listened to I it? I listened to okay. it. And Rebecca, you do not need to worry. The song is really great. Wow. I mean, I don't know if it's everything, <laughs> but you know, if it's everything to you, Rebecca, you go live your truth. Yes. You go bounce around. It's very, um, oops, I did it again, era Britney. Hey. And I mean, is there a better sound? I don't think so. There literally is not. So Rebecca... Go for it. I, I had never heard of this singer hey, either. So. All, I, I've heard her name before. And also, Stargate does become huge successes uh, around the time Neo. They're, they're the main collaborations when Neo first came out. They were the producers behind Irreplaceable and uh, Tattoo by Jordan Sparks oh, and uh, Because of You. And they did uh, I'm That Chick for Mariah. Like They had a long string of hits. So Stargate is, is no slouch. So you, you had the eye on the ball as yeah. far as producers go, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just found that email like so adorable so I was like I'm gonna do my homework and uh do this for Rebecca um all right so the next question let me find it, it comes to us from Zoe Zoe's question's a little serious Uh-oh. or it's a little personal I oh guess. my god I know Zoe goes deep leaving LA <gasps> hi Mats IDK if this question is on brand for you but I'm curious oh I have been watching some videos about the mass exodus of people leaving California tech companies and individuals are you seeing the effects of this what would it take for you all to leave California love you Zoe oh Zoe (laughs) um well I'm not seeing it because I'm inside (laughs) like I assume things are happening outside of our doors but like I would never know um and I, I, I've, I've heard of some people, like Matt Steele has a friend who just moved, and yeah. so some people are certainly moving. I have no immediate plans like to move anywhere because I like it here. I, I'm very much a baby about the weather, and the yeah. weather here is lovely. And also, like, this pandemic will not last forever. I know, like, exactly, <laughs> but I, I feel like in general, like, as just a general thought, a general maybe, thought, yeah. there's a point where you do want to leave or put down roots elsewhere. I, I, I'm comfortable here, and maybe, you know what, I, I, I don't know if this is news to my mother, who I'm sure is listening. I don't think it is, but it's like, yeah, I don't, I like it here. I uh, love the weather. I feel like you get a lot more space than you would in New York for the comparable price of apartments, and, um, yeah, the pandemic's we're gonna get vaccinated by June. I just I'm putting that out into the universe. Yeah. So at that time it'll be lovely to be in a warm situation and to have it not be humid and to be close to the beach. Like, I don't hate it here. I'm okay. gonna say it. And I mean like good work here. I mean, hey. Hey, yeah. I mean I it is complicated for me because I do want to go back to the East Coast at some point just because mm-hmm. like you know, I, I do miss being super close to, to my family. Also, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jersey girl. She is I'm a, a Jersey girl. I'm a Jersey true. girl. Um, and like a New Yorker, you know, I love the New York, you know, I love the Broadway. Mm. And so, you know, obviously the goal is to be rich and bi-coastal. <laughs> of course. So, you know, I have my, my Brentwood mansion here and mm. then I have my Manhattan brownstone there and I just Beautiful. go back and forth. I would know? love so, that. So how do we make that happen? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 buy Devos. Uh, <laughs> and tell, <laughs> every, and tell everyone, you know, to buy Devos. Yes. But um, so, yeah, I I do. I would like to go back to the East Coast at some point, but I do not want to leave L.A. anytime soon. I mean, I feel like I'm just now sort of finding some sort of footing here in terms of career. So, I mean, obviously, like acting is very unstable career. So who knows where it could lead me? I could end up in Vancouver at some point, Mm -hmm. which would be crazy, but fun. (laughs) Uh, So. So, yeah, I I do not. But, you know, my my big goal is to, you know. Obviously, have a lot of money and have 
<laughs> I love that. Uh, just obviously, my big goal is to um, have a lot of well, money. No, like, well, <laughs> Not I, like be happy, be creatively fulfilled, well, or of like. Of course, there's that. I feel like it's so funny because when we first met, I feel like he was so switched for it us was. because you were all about no, I'm gonna make the money, I'm gonna make the money, and I was like, no, I just want my art. But now I, I'm just like, okay, when's the money coming? <laughs> I mean, it might not be switched because like I still would like the money, but it's not for me. It's like I don't need the art. The money doesn't need to come from one place. I love a diversified portfolio in, you know, stocks, GameStop. Again, or and you know, oh, just, one of my coworkers lost two thousand dollars investing in GameStop. Ah, oh. anyway, keep going. Uh yeah. So I, I, if wherever the money is coming from, I will accept it. But I just, I don't need. I've, as you know, I've never been about like a fame moment. Like fame would be fine if it comes with a lot. <laughs> Of money, but Matt Steele, I feel like would enjoy more. Like, oh my god, I just saw you in this, and I love you so much. Like, can we get a picture? I'd be like, oh my god, I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, let's take twenty. I'd be like, we'll take one and thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely more of the ham as far as that goes. But yeah. no, I just say like, I just preface, oh, I want to be by coastal with. I would like to have money first because you need the money to be by I mean, yes, yes. So, so you know, I, I'm not thinking that I can be by coastal on the salary I've got now. Mm, but so, hey, that's why we work. That's why we work. That's, that's why, why we work. We're creating the content. We that's are why we're supporting JC Shaz. Oh, that's the thing. If anyone's gonna, if anyone's gonna bring us all the money, it's JC. It's JC. It's JC. We're he's backing the right, us and he's gonna be like retweet. Uh, yes, do it. Um, so Matt Steele. Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? Well, you know, it's award season, so movies are coming out left and right. So mm. I'm going to talk about the big Oscar movie that I saw this week. Oh, okay. Uh, which also, which got nominated for Best Director at the Golden Globes. Nice. My buddy, Regina King, uh, who directed me in an episode of This Is Us that yeah. I was cut out of. Of course. <laughs> was nominated for Best Director for a wonderful movie that she directed called One Night in Miami. It is on, this is the one that's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been out for like two weeks now. And it's based on a play. And the play, hold on, let me find the writer of the play. Uh, mm. Kemp Powers wrote the play. And it is, a. it's sort of like a... Uh, uh, you know, a fictional retelling uh, on the night that Muhammad Ali won his first, uh, like, oh, what's it? The Super Bowl of boxing. It's the big grand oh. slam. The grand slam. Oh. <laughs> We're not the right people for this. I know. He won the big, the big American boxing tournament. <laughs> I'm going to look it up while you read. <laughs> okay. And so uh, it was um, sort of a fictional uh, telling if he, if Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, uh, Jim Brown, the football player, and Sam Cooke, the singer, all got together and hung out in a hotel room like the night after this happened. And it's basically the four of them talking about their um, their roles in the civil rights movement and arguing and debating. And, you know, I am a sucker for, you know, a movie that you can tell was a play first. Of course. Because <laughs> it's all just like one location. I mean, they go different parts of the hotel. They go on the roof and, you know, by the pool and everything. But um, it's... You know, I'm a sucker for just big, long, lengthy scenes of dialogue. And I have to say the writing is really wonderful. The performances are excellent. Leslie Odom Jr. is going to get nominated for an Oscar. Amazing. But also, um, the guy who played uh, Malcolm X, well, all the performances are great, but the guy who played Malcolm X, um, his name is, hold on, let me look it up. I've seen him before in other stuff. Kingsley Ben-Adir. Okay. Gives an excellent performance. And it's like, why aren't we talking about him as well? Like His performance is really fantastic. Regina King does such a great job at at keeping the focus and about keeping it dynamic and you you really feel the waves of the conversation and everything it's never boring it's two hours and it, it feels like it flies by like it's really wonderful so i encourage everyone to check it out was he the heavyweight champion? Heavyweight okay. champion. They have different weight classes. So it's yeah. like you can be the featherweight or the cruiserweight or something. But heavyweight champion of the world is like Heavyweight champion of that's the that's the, the competition that I saw on my TV screen. Great. Well, the, the recreation of <laughs> yes, it. Yes, heavyweight championships. Okay, great. Yes. We love that. And uh, I guess I need to check out that movie. It sounds good. Oh, absolutely. And you know I love Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, he's great. He sings. Oh, I need him it's to all sing all the time. Yeah. So what's been giving me moments this week should come as as a surprise to no one, but uh, the FX Hulu New York Times documentary Framing Britney Spears uh, was released this Friday and I watched it and um, it is exceptional. I think if you are a huge, if you're listening to this podcast and are a huge Britney fan, which is a very big possibility, you probably know everything in it. Uh, You probably know like it's, 
it's for people who don't understand as deeply as we do, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of just lines her career up, focuses on the media exploitation of her. It focuses on how big she gets, um, then about the Justin breakup and how the media handled that, how Justin Timberlake handled that with the Crimey River video. It's very highlighted. Uh, it then talks about the Kevin Federline of it all. What was, and then, like, very much goes into details about what was happening at those moments in which she shaved her head and when she attacked the paparazzo with the uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the backstory of that paparazzo umbrella moment, um, but it was interesting to learn. And they also show you just a lot of footage of when tabloid culture was at its most, uh, at its height and its most disgusting and disturbing. Like you'd see kind of what it looked like to walk to Starbucks as Britney Spears and you'd see hundreds and hundreds of cameras in her face. Mm-hmm. And like, Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're having an allergic reaction to the tabloid culture just, of 2007. It's true, and it just it just really makes you so. There's no way to watch that and not be empathetic towards Britney Spears. And also, you, they supercut all of these interviewers asking her these questions. Which at the time none of us batted an eye at, but looking at it from like a post Me Too lens, it's like this is so incredibly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Like this old man sitting there in an interview, being like, "So I'm gonna bring something up that I I hear you're not gonna like, but I mean we gotta ask your breasts." <sighs> Just you're, this is an adult man talking to a teenager. Mm-hmm. Your breasts, and it's like you get so mad whenever anyone asks you about your breasts. She's like, "Uh huh." And like people just straight up asking her if she's a virgin. Mm -hmm. It's just all this shit that obviously I feel like we've probably talked about either if not on this podcast, most certainly on YouTube. But it's just so to see it all lined up the way that it was makes you feel so disgusting. And then, of course, layered on top of that is the conservatorship of it all, which does take up a lot of the conversation. Um, And talking they talked to her former assistant Felicia who we all know and love I didn't realize that once you know uh Britney no longer had the control to hire the people around her that she wanted when the Britney team quote-unquote brings Felicia back on she's on as like a, a tour assistant she gives like fans tours of like the backstage at the circus tour mm-hmm. has no close personal interaction with Britney Spears from there on out. Essentially. Oh, wow. And it's like, why would you remove the one person who, even if she was too naive to be a true protector for Britney Spears at the time was most certainly a confidant mm-hmm. and like a steadying presence for her. Why would you remove her from her inner circle? Why is it so important to isolate this woman in every single way? And they're like, before this whole conservatorship thing happened. Jamie wasn't around. The mm-hmm. person at Jive Records was like, her mom was always with her. Felicia was always with her. The one time I met Jamie Spears, he said, my do- my baby's going to be so rich, she's going to buy me a boat one day. And that's the only thing Ooh. he's ever said to me. Oh, my God. And it's like, you hear from her brother who went on a podcast. He doesn't obviously speak to the camera, but he, he went on a podcast and said all this dumb shit about like, you know, of course she doesn't like the conservatorship. You know, the women in my family are like really opinionated, which like sucks to be one of the two guys in the family. You know, Girl. And it's like, if you don't shut your fucking face shit. up, shut up. Oh, my God. It's 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 just devastating. And then initially and I feel like we all kind of felt this way when that hashtag free Britney stuff was starting up. You were like, does she want this? Like, are you overstepping? Like if Britney were to come out tomorrow and say, hey, guys, I'm fine. Please stop. Would you stop? Mm -hmm. But then in like June of last year, after all this free Britney stuff really got going, she finally you know, went through her, a lawyer that was on her side, which by when 2008, she wasn't even to pick, able to pick her lawyer at that point. So in 2020, uh, she filed a petition saying that I think it's great that the basically saying the what the fans are doing with their informed uh, support of Britney is what I want. Mm-hmm. I think what Jamie wants to do is keep this to be a family secret. And that's the last thing Britney wants. She's afraid of him. She refuses to work until he is no longer on that conservatorship and you know she got half of what she wanted Jamie is still on the conservatorship but also a uh, a kind of a bank who is just not a family member mm-hmm. is also the co-conservator with Jamie but it's like I think the fact that this documentary is out and has 
made this so clear to everyone viewing. It's going to get so much heat and so much, so many eyes on the case that I think can only help Brittany get out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you see people like, you know, Haley from Paramore tweeting, like, this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Like, and the stuff that if you are in the know, if you really dug deep, you can all put together yourself. But to make it in this beautiful way, and apparently all of the crew was all female, um, and they said they got enough information that they could have made a six-hour series on this. They interviewed this one woman who ends up working for Jamie again to represent him in the conservatorship case, and they asked her point blank, have you ever seen a conservatee get out of a conservatorship? And she, after a long-winded answer, essentially says no. Mm. And, like, of course, usually the conservatees are, you know, in their 90s and, like, aren't with it to a point that... You know, there's no reason that they would ever need to get out of it. But it's like if you are trotting this woman around on tour, if she's making money for you left and right, if the other conservator who initial who quit at some point asked for a raise and said this conservatorship is simply kind of a business partnership more than anything. Like we make her deals. She goes on tours because we make the deals. I deserve a raise. It's like a raise. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to have her best interest at heart. You're not. An employee of Britney Spears, you're supposed to be protecting her and you're asking for more money? Yeah. It's just, it's sick. What it's insane. has happened? To her. I mean, I have not watched it yet. I'm looking forward to watching it, just especially because at the time, you know, all this was going down in the 2000s, in the first decade of the 2000s, mm-hmm. it was much harder to follow the timeline yes. of Britney Spears. You know, there wasn't, you know, the internet where you could easily share videos and, and, and I, you know, I wasn't really following pop culture that closely right. at the time. All I knew was like, it, it just sort of just felt like, oh, all of a sudden Britney Spears has shaved her head. Right. And that's it. That's right. all I, and, and all of a sudden she, uh, like performed at the VMAs and like something was wrong. Yeah. You know, I, so I don't know like the exact timeline of all this stuff happening. So it'll be nice to sort of have all that in front of me and exactly. to put all those puzzle pieces together. But yeah, I, I mean, I remember being a kid and being a, a child and Everyone was talking about her boobs. Yeah. Every single like yes. grown men who I knew were yes. just talking about her boobs, debating whether or not she had a boob job and everything. And in my little kid head, I was right. under 10. Yeah. So I in my head, I was just like, well, oh, I wasn't under 10. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I was not under 10. No. Um, but like that'll be a secret between all of us. <laughs> um, uh, but I remember thinking, well, I mean, you know, she's a grown up like because even yeah. though she was only what 17 at yeah. the time to me 17 it felt, like, felt a grown up. like a grown up like when you are 12 yeah 17 feels like oh well you are a grown up but like when you're even 19 you're just like oh well, 17 17 is like, nothing 17 is so young so like that's it's disgusting how people just sexualized her so much right. and she became such a a scandal like a she was just so prevalent in right. conversations she she should not have been prevalent in at such a young age. It right. was just so insane. It's just the the level of fame. The, and someone said something in the documentary like the, the it was hard to like they, they interviewed a paparazzo who was around at the time and he was kind of trying to portray himself as like one of the good guys, which like it's kind of annoying when paparazzi do that. We're like, hey guys, give her some room. Click 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 click. After yeah. like snapping a million pictures, but um he was basically like. You know what? We people around her or us, some some of us, we we knew something was wrong and we could have helped possibly. But there was just too much money to be made off her spiraling Mm -hmm. to help. It was like people are getting a million dollars per picture at this point, which, by the way, camera phones have completely obliterated the need for this at all. This would never happen today. It just is like such a perfect storm of like her immense like childlike meets sexual image, her mental health issues, the custody stuff, the tabloid culture peaking, the amount of money she was making and had made. It just was a perfect storm that she was at the center of. And it just, it no one deserves what she's gone through. No one deserves it. And it's like, sure, she makes some weird Instagram videos now. Her captions are strange. But like, if she, her, if the options are she's a free person who makes a weird Instagram and like her, her eye makeup's bad or she's under the thumb of her father mm-hmm. for, until for the foreseeable future can't make any of her own financial decisions, they can cut off her credit cards, like cut off her access to the money that she worked so hard for since she was five years old. Mm-hmm. It's just sickening. Like, 
I, I urge everyone to watch the documentary. It'll give you a new appreciation for Britney. And it also, you know, because we all were alive. We all had thoughts about Britney Spears at that point. But it's like, no, there's no side of the coin in which you as a person did not contribute to this. If you were just an onlooker, even if you were a well-wisher, if you were buying tickets to our concerts from 2008 onward, it's like, was I giving Jamie Spears money? Mm-hmm. Was I feeding this conservatorship? Like, it's just... There's no way to feel but empathetic towards her. And I hope she gets out of it and gets whatever life she wants. And I feel like I say that a lot. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's just always know, true. It's just like everyone just wants Britney Spears to be happy. Right. They should. Because she has given us so fucking I know. much. I like, know. I she, know. She just has. Like she has. She was the star of our time. Yeah. You know. Of like of that entire decade, you know. So, and I, I want people in her corner who have her best interest at heart. And if if that's just Felicia, then fine, have it be just Felicia. But like right now, it feels like there's that boyfriend who's like a bit of an idiot, but like it doesn't seem like he's in cahoots with Jamie, which is good. And, but it just feels like she's so ice. I just feel ice isolated is the way I feel when I watch her. And you watch old interviews, and she says things so specifically, like. I never want to be one of those prisoner people. I don't want to be so famous that I can't leave my house. Mm -hmm. I love to drive and like just be free on the road. And like she can't drive now Mm -hmm. in this conservatorship. I don't think she has a a license even like she can't that that's it's just it's just beyond the conservatorship of it all, knowing how in control she was of her art and of her person and how that independence was what fueled her. It's just so gross that for the past 13 years she's been in this you know completely boxed in space where she can't express or be herself or have any sort of freedom at all it's just it's just very sad so again sorry to keep us down why are you down there i I really am down here but like we gotta be up in possible watch watch the documentary because it is excellent and it will put into frame why why i'm so passionate about this we love britney spears here at 2k mats yeah i mean i mean mean, the the people know (laughs) all right is there anything else you want to tell the people before we sign off today i'm just so thankful that you all shared your 65 minutes and 18 seconds yes thank you so much for listening we love you so much and we'll be back next week with more 2k mats podcast bye bye (laughs) 